If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, March 19th. You are seeing a modest and tentative rebound in U.S. equity futures uh, in a reversal of the pattern that you saw on Thursday. So NASDAQ futures are outperforming. They're up about 109 points. That is about 85 basis points. S&P futures are up about 15 points. That is about 40 basis points. And the Dow futures are up only 60 points. That's about 18 basis points. So mild outperformance and growth momentum this morning so far, which is a reversal of what happened on Thursday. You are seeing treasuries rebound also modestly and tentatively. So you have about Four to 30-year yields are down about one to three basis points after jumping yesterday. 10-year yields are down across the board in Europe as well. The major European indices are trading off about 40 basis points overall. Keep in mind, Europe is up week to date. So Europe has been doing better than the US week to date. You were seeing some profit taking in areas that have done very well this week, like autos. Um, The auto index is down about 80 basis points today, but that still leaves it up about 6% uh, for the week. Um, Banks are also seeing some profit taking along with energy. Nothing is really dramatically outperforming in Europe this morning. Um, And then just turning quickly to Asia, you saw um, red pretty much across the board as that region followed the US um, on the downside, although there were a couple of pockets of outperformance. Um, So in terms of just looking at the news for this morning that happened overnight, that was really incremental, um, nothing too shocking. So the BOJ was probably the, the big macro piece of news. The policy decision was very consistent with, I think, expectations from the last 48 hours, although it was a little bit more hawkish than I think people were thinking uh, just a week ago. So you had that Nikkei article that hit Wednesday night, Thursday morning that helped reset expectations around the JGB daily trading range. Um, So that range was taken from 20 basis points plus or minus to 25 basis points. And then they are also removing um, a specific target for their equity purchases. So they will now quote unquote, intervene as necessary. They will not just sit there and buy um, a stated set amount of of uh, equity ETFs. Um, and so those were kind of the main policy decisions. So, you know, our, this is arguably a, a slightly hawkish decision. They are kind of tapering back policy a little bit, although they won't call it tapering. Um, but again, this was um, relatively consistent with kind of what you saw um, in that Nikkei article and a couple of others in the last 48 hours. Um, and this certainly contributed, I think, the, you know, that Nikkei article definitely contributed to what you saw in Treasury Yields yesterday. So, um, you know, like I said, consistent with expectations um, from from Wednesday, Thursday, but um, certainly a little bit more hawkish than I think expectations just a week ago. Um, otherwise, on the macro front, really not much else to talk about. Uh, the COVID dynamic is still very much the same as before. Europe is definitely taking um, some big steps back. You're seeing, you know, increased transmission numbers, you're seeing um, fresh lockdown steps get implemented or extended. Um, and then while you had the EMA come out and uh, condone the AstraZeneca, the AstraZeneca vaccine, um, and a lot of countries are resuming uh, administering that vaccine, there is now such a stigma around it that 
you know, I think you're going to see the vaccination pace slow in Europe as people wait to have other other products come on the market like Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson, Johnson, et cetera, where supply um, is certainly for those three as lagging behind where the U.S. is. So, um, you know, as the U.S. makes enormous progress and you're seeing transmissions, hospitalizations fall, you're seeing um, reopening happen every every 10 minutes or some reopening announcement that's hitting the tape as states remove restrictions. Um, vaccine eligibility is expanding in a variety of different states. So the U.S. is still very much on track. Um, you know, I think the consensus expectation remains to have this the pandemic phase of it over um, by May. It will still be endemic. You're still going to have the, the virus circulating, but um, you know you're going to have a pretty rapid normalization of economic activity in the U.S., whereas Europe is definitely um, at least two to three months behind where the U.S. is right now. On the U.S. fiscal policy front, again, nothing new to say there. Um, you know, Biden's Build Back Better plan, we still have not seen the specific formal details. Biden's press conference is next Thursday. I think there's an expectation that there could be some more detail get um, get published, either um, sourced articles in the media or formal announcements from the White House ahead of that press conference so he can kind of answer some questions about it. Um, but again, I think markets had not been paying a ton of attention to the tax hike threats and the infrastructure spending potential, just given the enormous complexity um, of that bill and the and the the long odds of it passing um, through the House and the Senate, as Democrats um, as momentum to change the filibuster seems to be uh, building, I think markets are paying a little bit more attention. So you're seeing, I think, some of the tax hike threats that are emanating from the White House and congressional Democrats are probably more credible than before, just given the chance um, that the filibuster could change. On the company specific front, the two big pieces of news were FedEx and Nike. So FedEx. Um, the quarter was okay, especially if you adjust for the February winter storms, which hurt them by about $350 million in operating income. X that, the quarter beat expectations. Management was quite sanguine on the call, and they're actually giving guidance for the first time in about a year, um, which is a sign of just management confidence. So FedEx is being well-received this morning. Nike is a little bit more complicated. They missed on revenue, but they missed because of kind of non-demand issues. So huge supply chain supply chain strains um, in North America. And again, that supply chain issue is something that a variety of different companies, including the autos, um, you know, Ford was that overnight again, talking about how they have to uh, curtail certain production because of a part shortage. So the supply chain issues are, are, are definitely going to be a huge issue during the upcoming Q1 earnings season, which kicks off in about a month. But I think investors are kind of looking through it, just giving this thought to be temporary. Um, and that's essentially what Nike signaled on its call last night, saying how the revenue they lost in the prior quarter because of supply chain issues, they uh, anticipate recapturing fully this quarter. So it's more of a timing issue, more of a temporary setback. And I think that's why markets are not necessarily going to penalize them for kind of, quote unquote, missing on revenue. It was more, or at least they are telegraphing that it's more just a, a, a delayed issue, um, one of a, just a timing issue. They're also, Nike is turning back on its buyback um, this quarter after having it shut down because of the pandemic. Um, so those are kind of the major themes and trends overnight. Um, if you look at the calendar for today, there's essentially no scheduled events on today's calendar. You could see readouts from this U.S.-China meeting that's taking place in Alaska. That meeting kicked off last night with some acrimonious rhetoric. Um, but I don't think that was necessarily, um, you know, contrary to expectations. I think most people thought this would be kind of a tough set of uh, negotiations. No one is looking for any kind of substantive breakthrough on any of the major topics, especially trade. 
So, um, you know, I don't really think there really should be too much market moving, but that is other than, um, that's really going to be the only possible event on today's calendar, unless you see something out of the White House on, on this Build Back Better proposal. But in general, Friday should be, today should be very, very, very quiet. Just quickly looking into next week, um, another relatively quiet week, but a couple of interesting items. So you have the flash PMIs for March. That's going to be kind of the first major look at March data. Uh, it's Wednesday morning. Biden is holding the first press conference of his presidency on Thursday. You have the U.S. PCE for February on Friday morning, next Friday morning. So remember, that's the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. Powell and Yellen will be testifying together Tuesday and Wednesday in uh, in the House and Senate, respectively. And then the Fed needs to make a decision on the SLR exemptions uh, soon. That could that could actually possibly come today, um, but it definitely has to come next week because those exemptions are set to expire on uh, by the end of this month. Um, I would say a week ago, most people assume the SLR exemptions will be extended just given the fragility in treasury markets and how um, there is the fear that if you were to, uh, if those exemptions were to expire, that could uh, impact treasury markets and drive yields even up, up even further. Um, although I think at this point in time now, there is a lot of people that think the exemptions will end at the end of the quarter. The Fed made an adjustment to um, some of its auction terms this week that some people are interpreting as possibly um, helping to offset those exemptions going away. So that's uh, that's another thing just to keep in the back of your minds. Uh, so that is everything for today. Um, I put out the latest bull versus bear conversation, which talks about just my latest views on the market and yields and everything um, that is on the website. I have a link to it in the piece today. Um, and then I also just discuss further some of the um, issues that are going to be impacting companies in the Q1 earnings season, um, including supply chain, including the February storms, including kind of some of the incremental lockdowns in Europe because of COVID. Uh, so that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.